0: Hello, this is Alora Chestikoff from Firebird Summit, and welcome to the current episode of Grow or Die, with me and Lawrence Henderson taking on business, personal development, professional development, and career and leadership topics that come up, and trying to see if we can have a great conversation. Each episode is released on a weekly basis, and we welcome you to join us in real time. Find the information on our site. Welcome to the conversation. Who I'm gonna let introduce himself Uh because he can do it just
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right. Hey everyone, I'm Lawrence Henderson from Business Operational Support L L C aka boss. How's everybody doing today?
0: So excited to have you here and do this with you. So Uh People who know, I've been doing like a weekly video for several months, but it's mostly just been me yakking about whatever, you know, I was in the mood to yak about. And it was you know kind of fun until I got tired of listening to the sound of my own voice. And I like the sound of Lawrence's voice way more. So what we decided was we're going to, you know, get on here together and maybe do a little coaching mystery box and see if we can toss out topics to see. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, thank you, first of all, for thinking of me. To do awesome awesomeness with um, and I have a doozy for you today. Yes mystery box number one uh, how do you navigate through shame?
0: Ooh. Oh man you went straight for the heart of <laughs> 20 years of Brene Brown work holy mackerel okay well oh this is a tough one right because yeah. nobody, nobody has uh, great natural inclinations when we're in shame. Like that's, that brings out the worst in everything.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, so okay, so what I would say is, um, on a just a pure, like what have I learned as I've gotten older and hopefully a little wiser, is um, actually something that Brené Brown talks about. It's recognizing your own physical symptoms so that you stop yourself from opening your mouth. Cause what I, you know, my inclination because I'm a talker is, to speak first and regret later, <laughs> um, nothing prompts that. Like,
1: yeah.
0: so recognizing like that for me, it's usually a pit in my stomach and I can feel my skin getting hot. Um, my hands, my palms will get clammy. And so like the fact is keeping the presence of mind to recognize those symptoms and deep breath count to 10 and defer commentary, like yeah. all just for me, that's been the most important one because my biggest, most regrettable decisions all came from a moment of just acting impulsively.
1: Yeah.
0: In in shame. so for me, shame will usually show up as anger, right? So a lot of yeah. people will retreat and yep. you know, get upset or turn it on themselves, and I come out swinging like yeah baseball bat and that and I make a mess when I do. So
1: yeah. Wow. So I I take a different spin on it right like I I am the I come from a place of I'm not apologizing or regretting anything and so what someone would categorize it should be shame I rationalize it. I 100% make it a part of everyday life and it's like and up until lately of in the, some of the work you're talking about is a lot of self-awareness, right? And it's being present to know that, you know what, that, that just wasn't productive. Where in rationalization, you have like, I'm, I was more susceptible to repeating mm-hmm. things because I was, I was making it okay for myself to live in that world. And then I got even worse with the shame. I began to compartmentalize success. And so things, yeah. So I was never addressing anything. I was just, man, I was making a humongous triple-stuffed Oreo out of this stuff. Where I would have a couple successes. I would do some real good work on some on some attitude-adjusting things and speaking better to people. But then I had this stuffing, and it just was get the Oreo was becoming huge. And then up, oh, throw a success in there, sandwich that baby together, and I was like, you know what? It makes sense for for me to have that, that big of stuffing and that mush of all this mess that I didn't wanna deal with because let's be honest, I just didn't know how to navigate it. I wasn't taught how to call it out. First, give it a name, right? What is it? Where's it come from, right? Your anger, right? That's a feeling, that's an attitude, that's an emotion. Call that thing out, but then like, well, where did it come from, right? And once I began to coach in that and be present to, why did that why did I react that way and was it the high school coach who didn't see me correctly or I invested so much energy in their affirmation and like it carried so much weight and when I didn't get it it just repeated itself over time and now as a professional I identified with not getting something with from someone versus being like you said getting to that point where and I love Brene Brown's work as well and talking about vulnerability and shame. Um, but getting to that place where it's like, okay, it's okay not to be okay. Yep. But I'm not going to stay here and making a decision to get out of it.
0: So that that's the part that I love. And this is why, this is why I adore the crap out of you, dude, because <laughs> you and I both have a, okay. It's one thing to um, not be sure how to proceed when you haven't figured out what what's really going on, right? You haven't exactly. dug in. Once you know, no excuses. At all. You deal with that. And that to me has been, like that's the thing that I love about getting older, right? Like I can look back when I was in my 20s and I can see how I reacted to things in the moment and I was super volatile. <laughs> and, and you know what it is? Like I didn't understand, to your point, I didn't understand what was triggering me or, yeah. what, was or what I was trying to prove. And now I look back and I'm like, Oh, geez. Like I, the, the pattern is so clear oh my gosh. all dimensions of my life. But now I'm like, no, I know what my biggest triggers are. So when I, when I start realizing that my palms are getting clammy and I have, yeah. not, it's not a hard stretch for me to pinpoint what it was that just happened. And, and especially now that I'm clear about the things that will instantly just shut. Like I go into lizard brain mode because it yeah. drive me to such an emotional extreme so quickly. <laughs> I know I know to call a timeout. So one of the best things I learned in my previous in my marriage actually was to um, use a code word when I'm mm. like with the point of being I've, I'm too emotional. And so that isn't yeah. obviously wrong with everybody but with the people in my life sure. where we're involved in complicated stuff, yeah. when I feel myself hitting that point where okay, I cannot have rational, productive conversation, like I want to show up curious and genuine and and compassionate and empathetic and i don't yeah. want to be a jerk which i'm capable of being like anybody else you know i'm okay now saying you know what this is a really important conversation and i want us to have this but i need 10 minutes because i gotta yeah. close my thoughts and i don't want to say something that that is harmful yeah. and serve our greater purpose and i think that that i could never have done when i was younger god yeah. that so much time and effort and yeah. making shit up.
1: Well, and, and here's here's the thing that I would say to anybody that's out there that's looking for, you know, a higher understanding. It's it's seeking to understand, right? It's taking that position of what did I say that made Alora need to take a timeout? Right. And then when we come back together, when you've had your your break. Right. And again, understanding you, whether you're relationship coaching or anything like that, understanding what a timeout is and why and what was said. So when you come back together, what was it about the thing I said or the activity that happened that you needed to take a timeout? Because, again, when we're processing through shame, when we're processing navigating our own mess and mush, we don't stay present to the assumption that somebody else understands what I was processing, right? And so when we say timeout, they're really timeout and they're really waiting to come back to the conversation. But what needs to happen in any communication, whether it's in the corporate world or in relationships, both people need to remain present to ask powerful and insightful questions so that, and again, at the end of the day, we get angry when we don't feel heard, I don't feel listened to. And, and again, particularly people who are navigating through shame, they've already compiled a, a list of things that they haven't done right, haven't gone well for them in life and business and all the rest of these things. And I'm already guarded, right? I've already built up these walls. And then when you aren't present for me, makes it worse. You begin to feed the gremlin at midnight and they're turning into these crazy animals that are scrambling around my brain, and all, and I'm living in a com- perpetual world of confirmation bias. It's just constant, and it's like, how do I get off of this wheel of just ah? That's all I can describe it. If that was a word, that ah, that's what it would, that's what it would be written out. It would just be one word like that, right? And it's ah, gotta love it. Well,
0: but, I mean, I love what you just said too, because confirmation bias is one of those things we talk about, like in, like in very businessy context. Yeah
1: exactly exactly and that's
0: that's what like our shame all of our shame triggers are so about that it is it exactly. is something else confirming our worst belief in our about ourselves Boom. and it's like oh my god you know that's and there's a reason that yeah. other people don't realize they're triggering it by doing something sometimes super benign and, we, and
1: exactly that,
0: we're like whoa that that was an outsized reaction for yep. and, because you just completely showed me
1: yeah. all
0: the stuff I hate saying about myself.
1: Man, and it's the, so I call that the, like, and again, you probably say it too. It's the baggage, right? It's, it's the emotional baggage. It's the work hurt. It's all, it's, I mean, church hurt, work hurt, whatever organizations you've had, organizational hurt. You, you're just dragging dead bodies behind you. In every single relationship, that things that you haven't cut loose and you can't figure out why momentum is slowing down, well, just turn around and look. Like all the things you have behind you that are keeping you from your best life. And it's one of those scenarios where when we begin to do the work, and again, I can't stress enough, it's as simple as take time to journal, to write down, to communicate with yourself. Uh-oh, got my doggie.
0: So while well, while well, Lawrence is uh, taking care of the dog.
1: Yeah, you know, my god. <laughs> my bad, y'all. My bad. <laughs> That's craziness. Um, but yeah, she wanted to get in on a work hurt thing. Um she was all over it, right? Um, yeah, but it's it's one of those things like and I think for me, and my one of one of my um vulnerable moments was you know identifying that I thought I was really good at leading people, um, but I, I led from a place of my strengths, um, and not, I didn't lead out of, out of my weakness and allow people to be for me, what I wasn't and overlap strength. Right. And, and so from that empathy was a word I couldn't spell, um, nor could I, you know, pronounce it very well. It was just like, it was like thrown up anytime I said it, it was like empathy. Um, and but I had a friend tell me it's like a two-edged sword. It's cutting going in and it's cutting coming out. And and a, the old definition for me was being able to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and you know connect with them that way. And I was like, and then as I began coaching, I was like, that's the dumbest <laughs> definition of empathy. Like I'm like, what? Who made that a thing that I could put? I said. I've never been a woman. Never, never been a white woman. I don't think I've ever i ever will. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so, so how can I say I'm a Laura? Like, how can I know what Alora's shoes feel like? Like I'm no, I'ma hold the space for a Laura. And I'm gonna let Alora know I'm present. So I'm I a, Yeah, go ahead.
0: So I love that part because empathy is something that is a huge struggle for me. Like I, I I do a lot of work with Gallup and empathy is one of the strengths that they chart. And mine is like low bottom of my list, like literally bottom (laughs) of my list. And so it's funny because like, I, you know, I work with clients who have really high empathy and I watch how they naturally Mm. absorb and, and, and instantly feel like so genuine, so much genuine emotion for someone else, especially if they're going through something tough. And I watch that and I'm like, that's so cool, really. But like, I don't. <laughs> it's a very intellectual kind of exercise. And so, yeah. when I was actually going through coaching, the first time I went to take my my final, I got dinged because like you weren't empathetic enough. Wow. And the irony was, I was my that coaching session was with someone that I actually do feel an abnormal amount of empathy for, but I just wow. wasn't doing a good enough job of expressing it. And it's a really hard thing, I think, to understand sort of. Mm. What to your point, right, what does empathy really mean to you and yeah. as a coach because, you know, I, you know, we, we've all worked with different coaches mm-hmm. who have very like soft and maternal kind of like, yeah. and it's like, I can't and, stand,
1: those. I can't stand exactly. those.
0: Exactly. And the thing is, like, I think they're amazing people, but that's not the right coach for me, like at, at, all. Me. at yeah. all. Somebody wants that in a coach. They're not going to come to me at
1: all, Mm-mm.
0: or you, right? And that's Mm-mm. and that's one of those things, though. But that doesn't mean we can't be empathetic. It just means that that we have a different way.
1: For sure, for sure.
0: That, and I love that point because to your original question, right? Shame requires empathy. You have to give somebody space to work <sighs> through that stuff.
1: Yeah. So you teed up giving someone permission not to have sympathy but empathy
0: for right themselves. Like, themselves.
1: for themselves
0: themselves which yeah. is so hard
1: yeah right because because again so you fight am i rationalizing this or am i being empathetic to myself right because again It could spiral out of control if it's, if you're being, ah, what was me? Again, we know from energy leadership coaching, it's that, that catabolic, get out of your, get out of your own way type of Mm -hmm. stuff. And then you transition anger and, and, and get out of that to that higher level of, okay, how is this serving me? What, what am I missing out on as a result of me staying here? Once you identify this stuff, How can we begin to move through it? And one of the biggest things that I always tell people about my journey and my story of transition is I had to give myself permission to be great at every facet of life, not just compartmentalized success that I was happy with, I was cool with, but now permission across the board.
0: That's so hard. And for me, that's actually probably the greatest. And, and Brené Brown actually, again, talks about this as like the work of middle age, right? The, the redefining and reinventing and realizing that your old priorities don't necessarily serve you anymore. They, you know, you were you were putting all your energy over here and it turns out actually over here might be more meaningful. And, you know, and I think it's so hard to grant yourself that permission back to being empathetic with yourself. You know, when I, when I left the country to go traveling around Latin America, you know, or last year, it's the thing I had wanted to do since I was like six years old. Like, seriously, I like, I used to watch Remington Steel and be like, Oh, I want to do that. I just want to like travel the world and like, you know, do, do whatever I want and be completely free all the time. Like, and I got this like six year old fantasy in my head and I spent, you know, the better part of 40 years chasing it. And then when I got on the road, I felt lonely. And I was like, "Where the hell did that come from? Like, no, 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 no. Oh, pastor, man! you're gonna you're gonna
1: do
0: you do. you got rid of almost everything you owned you sold the yeah. car you gave up your home like you left the country you did everything you arranged your business so you could travel you are traveling god damn it and you are not gonna stop and like i did that for like six months and i'm like i finally i was like wh- what am i proving to whom like yeah. dude I want to go home and like be back in like a space where I can build yeah. community and have those relationships. I had to actually be empathetic with the fact that the goal and the reality did not match. Wow. No, because I accomplished the goal. I did what I needed to do to hit the goal, but the goal wow. wasn't.
1: Man, you, so what I love about that, and i and I'm just be honest. I don't know if I was the only one out there that I was loving every last one of your pictures, every last one of your updates in that six-month period. And I was like, and the crazy part about it is you talk about being lonely in a relationship. I was like, oh, my God, that would be a great place for me and my wife to go. Oh, my God, that's another good place for me and my wife to go. But when you first told me that about that feeling, but everybody else, oh, man, Alora's living her best life. But then you, if you're, if you're not being authentic, if you're not living your true self, you're like, you know what? I can continue doing this because maybe I'll get to happiness. Yeah. Maybe I'll get to happiness because who else has this opportunity? Right? And the ge- rationalization keeps coming right back around. And mm-hmm. and what the funny thing is, is whose life are you living? And and again, in shame and bringing that back around to empathizing and holding that space for yourself is authenticity is giving yourself permission to be really who you are. Right? And again, that is some that's some really really foundational work that you got to do you got to lay yourself a solid foundation and had you not done that work years ago you would still be traveling your tail around the world
0: and that's the thing that i keep i keep coming back to is oh my and it's it's what i love about working with you and everybody else that we got the chance to meet because i cannot imagine what that six months of figuring out that No, this actually is not what I thought it would be if we we hadn't done all the work that we had been doing. And it was just, it was so much of the right work at the right time and meeting the right people that helped challenge me and help like, you know, I had somebody two years ago say, doesn't sound like you're in the habit of being very empathetic with yourself. And that was just on the eve of my whole like life falling apart and me tearing everything down. And and that that line has been in my head so many times because- Right. Like I never had any empathy for myself at all. I had goals, checklists, I had shit that needed to get done. Yep. I had a catch and I had a dog to feed and I yep. had stuff to do, but yep. I had no for me uh-huh. or anybody else. And it's
1: yeah.
0: been really tough to make that space. Whew.
1: So I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Say I'm starting out, right? What does that work look like from the beginning?
0: Experimenting. I think when I work, especially when I work with um, like new grads or about to graduate, yeah. just youngins who have like an idea, yeah. and some of them have um, a lot of pressure from family or you know, finance their own financial need or whatever to go out and find a job and build a career and like be successful. Yeah. And they're not, um, they're not yet aware that you know what you gotta, you gotta try this, and if yeah. that doesn't work, be okay, switching gears and trying that. And yeah. then and, like, because the thing is, is that how many things did you have to sort of taste test before you knew whether you liked them or not? Exactly. And if oh. you stick with the thing you started after, how do you know you don't know what you don't know?
1: For sure. For sure. No. Nah, so I mean, that's the whole thing, right?
0: Exactly. It's a, how do you know what you don't know until yep. you why stuff? But, again, to your point, that's why it's important to be so empathetic with yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: And you're going to fall on your... Say it again. on oh, oh, no. your <laughs> Exactly.
1: Yeah. No, oh my God. Ooh.
0: It was like the video you just posted on, on Instagram yesterday, right? Yeah. You know how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. 100%. 100%. If,
1: there was,
0: if there was one thing that I could go back and tell 24-year-old Laura, it would be, girl, figure out how to be comfortable being uncomfortable because yeah. I was so committed. To being comfortable, I was comfortable at work. I wasn't comfortable dating. I wasn't comfortable in my personal life. I wasn't comfortable coming up with making good choices in that side of my life.
1: Yeah,
0: it was easy. It gratified you know my ego. It was it was a place to stay focused, and I could compartmentalize that and ignore and neglect everything else.
1: Yes. So you you and again you, you reference that video I posted yesterday because I'm rereading Dare to Lead. Um, and right at the beginning in the intro, Brene just swings and hits you in the face with the bat talking about comfort being the epitome of privilege and just, I mean, and again, that, that line, I had to sit, I'm like, cause before, you know, you read it like just to digest it. Ah, oh, I read it. Yeah. It's a great. book. Woo. but now I'm like, oh my God, where's that note at? I didn't write that down the first time I read this, like she's right. Like, how dare you say you want more, say you want to be successful and you're not willing to do the work, right? You're not willing to show up every single day and face what needs to be faced to be what you need to be for this world. And one of my fears in life is not being in position to help someone because I got comfortable.
0: Hmm. That's okay. So that is a truly awesome awesome thing to hear. So I, um, you know, I'm in a new relationship and, and you know, the guy's, he's, he's awesome and I'm, you know, really happy, but he was talking about how, um, you know, there were things that he's kind of worried about telling me, like he doesn't, he doesn't really want to tell me that I'm wrong about something like he's, he's, he's getting the hang of me and trying to figure out like what's gonna yeah. be, what's not. And I, I stopped him and I said, look, I said, just to be clear, I said, my goal in life is to get better at, at anything at everything at all things like it's it's a state of constant yeah. that is my objective so as long as i believe that in the well-intentioned nature of your yeah. feet i'm not gonna freak out or you know completely like take your head off or anything else i said if i have reason to doubt your intent then we might start finding ourselves in some emotionally calm mm-hmm. you know complicated brain but I, I don't have a reason to doubt that you That's are intentioned in your feedback. So I would rather know, and I would rather just trust that you have my back and that yeah. you, have, that your interests are mine and that, you know, it's to help me get better at whatever it is I'm trying to do. And he looked at me, he's like, wow, that's so refreshing.
1: <laughs> so, but here's, but that's a real thing for people, right? Whether it's in personal relationships at home or at work where we spend a lot of time with people, right? And it's who's who has permission
0: but it gets back to your original question, because a lot of times what people are reacting to is shame. You, uh, you, uh, somebody pointed, your partner pointed something out and it's a shame trigger for you. And all of a sudden you explode and they're just like, dude, I was just trying to help.
1: Exactly, right? Or you, or to his point is, "No, nah, that went wrong last time I did that. Yeah. Right? And not know and not take accountability and responsibility to be present in the current relationship, right? And, and so for people out there, that's a bias when a a scenario presents itself and you use those context clues and all that other stuff that kept you safe and it was successful in the past. I'm going to use that in this relationship in this moment. You just robbed yourself of the opportunity to stay present.
0: Right. And so what's, and again, this is to me so like such an awesome thing, you know, I'm like 45 next week. I never thought I would be this happy at this point in my life. But it's because of stuff like this, right? It's because yeah. I wouldn't have had this conversation with in fact I didn't. I didn't yeah. have this conversation when I was starting to see someone when I was younger. Like it never would have occurred. I didn't have the language for it. Even if yeah. I even if I had thought about it, like I didn't have the ability to articulate it. And so for us to, you know, be sitting out on, on the patio watching the sunset, you know, and like have this conversation yeah. was God. Getting older is just there are so many things that I, I they're amazing gems that I never imagined ever. Yeah, imagined.
1: yeah. and I, and I would and I would say, um, Alora, in this in this time today, of uh, all of this internet and all of these opportunities to share the gifts of life and and just the the nuggets that life has given you, I think it's a responsibility of ours to lay it out there for people. And as coaches, as leaders of people, to show them what getting comfortable with being uncomfortable looks like. It's the vulnerability of it all to where, yes, I can be humble, open, and transparent mm-hmm. every single day. And it doesn't have to sound like the National Enquirer. Like, it, it, it's my mess, but I could lay it out for you in, in such a way that it hits you where you are. You get some nuggets from it and you can live your life at a better pace uh, and actually increasing capacity. Because for us, we have more to learn. We have more to experience. And if we keep hoarding all the other crap, we we actually don't even create capacity and room for ourselves to learn new stuff. And so I, I love just, you want it? I give it, I give it, give it, give it, give it, give it. Right. And so I love that you created this platform for us to just uh-huh. give and get it out of us because shame for me, it's a fun topic. Ooh,
0: good, to <laughs> good. So so you're the one who actually hopes you sit next to Brene Brown on an airplane. <laughs> yes.
1: Oh my God. Like, hey, put it out there. Put it out, put it out there. The spears. I want to sit next to Brene Brown in, on the airplane for like the longest flight across country. Like that's what I want. Like I, I'm I would veg out. Get, oh my God. i like, oh my God. Can we talk about shame and vulnerability the whole time? Right? it's just like, oh, oh my god, that would be, man. I wouldn't like. Do you have to get off the plane? Can we talk? You?
0: <laughs> You'd be carrying her, carrying her bags <laughs> and kids. Exactly. <laughs> i <don't know. laughs> It's
1: like, dude, I don't know where you're going, but uh I'm on vacation. So, yeah, great talking to you. All right, all right. Yeah, um, when i was about to say that, i like, meet you on the beach in the morning. Oh my gosh, it, yeah, that would be all time. That's bucket list. That's up there. uh With, with I got about three other people on that list too, but Brene Brown's, she's definitely at the top.
0: Her work has been transformational for me. I don't know where my, I don't know, I don't, I cannot imagine the last two years of transforming everything about my life without coming back to her work
1: over and over. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So if you had to wrap this up, you would say what about our time together as we talked about shame?
0: Well, A, that I always love talking to you. I also (laughs) love the fact that you picked a topic that has so many tentacles in so many directions. And it, I mean, it, it, everything yeah. comes back to it, right? It doesn't, shame is, is, as Brittany Brown always says, it's universal. Like we all experience it. We all, it shows up, you know, in every aspect of all of our lives in one way. Yeah. And And if you don't learn to deal with your own, mm-hmm. you, just, you just inflict it on other people, which is sure. A, Unfortunate and uncool. It also doesn't help you get it under control. I mean, you're going to be its bitch if you do that, and you will you will be stuck like that. thats that is that doesn't sound like fun to me at all.
1: At all, at all. I mean, another hard word to put on it is you you become slave to it, and and you begin giving it the best parts of you, um, and which leaves no room for anybody else. And and so you got to call this stuff out.
0: Absolutely. And that is so, so true. And I, when I look back when I was younger, I see points in my life when I did exactly that.
1: Mm. And they were
0: the points at which I felt like I had the fewest options and I was mm. not in control of my circumstances or I couldn't take control of my circumstances enough. And it was because I, I was so driven by specific shame triggers and allowing other people to sometimes to deliberately just poke that bear. Um, yeah. that completely. I mean, I ended up being a puppet. And that's really what happened. Like, you turn into a puppet wow. for someone else to be able to manipulate if you don't figure out how to just tear this stuff apart for yourself and really dig into it.
1: Man, that's awesome. Golly, thank you, Alora uh-huh. for coordinating this greatness.
0: Uh, well, I am totally loving the idea of doing this on a regular basis. So we will plan same time next week. We might try switching up to YouTube, see if that, yeah. if that works, yep kick it around either way i love getting the chance to do this and i am coming up with an awesome topic for you next week and we're thank
1: you that sounds good i love i love this verbal combat
0: me too it's awesome (laughs) it's awesome all right my friend thank you so much and i hope you have a fantastic evening
1: all right you as well laura bye 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 -bye.
0: Thank you for joining me and Lawrence in this week's episode of Grow or Die. Tune in next week where we take on our next topic. Have a great week.